1: Big bank, small bank, I like to make money,
2: All right, That is the ultimate kibosh.
0: You wanna bet? (laughs) And we are underway. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. This is the Football Betting Weekend Review. I'm stuck in with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. How was your weekend, brother? Tennessee, Arkansas. Woo, big suey. What a, what a third
2: quarter. Let's get the good news out of the way. Yeah, there was Tennessee, Arkansas. That was great. Getting that was fabulous for a day that was really just a gut punch. I mean, having Kansas State uh, Moneyline money line uh, money, that was a bit of a gut punch with the Will Howard fumble. The Virginia Tech Liberty, which I think we're going to hear about on the voicemails, that under, I felt like was just ripped away. Boise, taking the Boise side and then getting down to Cade Finnegan. That one, that one was pretty unbelievable, although we'll have a conversation after the voicemails about how the the overs are just hitting an unbelievable clip. Look, we'll we'll get to Liberty and Liberty, Coastal Carolina.
0: This is the new game of the year, December 5th. We'll get to the other primary college football results. We'll listen to your voicemails as well. We have to talk Notre Dame-Clemson, Georgia-Florida. Before we get to college, look, we have weekday college football to talk about, a lot of action on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll get to that. We'll get to Monday Night Football. Patriots Jets later but first before we do all of that let's recap NFL week nine the Ravens despite you know a lot of the injuries and issues coming in they win 24-10 defense balls out holds the Colts I think at one point in the second half the Colts only had one yard Ravens win 24-10 offense is especially the passing off it's still broken for Baltimore but a good effort by that defense it's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. Tennessee wins 24-17 over Chicago. I mean, Chicago put up some garbage time points. That offense is it's hard to watch. I know they had no offensive lineman, but yeah, the Bears offense is it, it needs to be completely reworked. Chiefs win 33-31. They get the win barely, but they didn't cover. You know who did cover? Teddy covers. Teddy Bridgewater gets another cover. All he does is cover. But Carolina and Christian McCaffrey come up just short. Kansas City avoids losing this game despite Harrison Butker. I mean, what's wrong with this guy? Missing more extra points than field goals. Not Justin Tucker. Uh, The Steelers hold on to win 24 19 over the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys get their first cover of the year. We're 0 8 against the spread. The Steelers moved to 8-0 overall for the first time in franchise history, if you can believe that. They've been fortunate here. They have questions on offense. Their defense is great, but they just keep winning, and they're one of the best teams in the AFC, and that's all that matters. Dolphins. How about the Miami Dolphins winning 34-31 into his second start over Arizona? Colin Murray had a huge day, but Cliff Kingsbury – kicking a field goal down three late with two minutes to go for a 50-yard field goal that Zane Gonzalez somehow comes up short on clown shoes. You got to go for that there. But Miami wins 34-31. Flores has done just a tremendous job. Vikings win 34-20 over the Lions despite having two punts blocked. Guess who cooked? Dalvin Cook. Say it every week. Let Dalvin Cook cook. The Bills win 44-34. Josh Allen went. Bananas. The Bills make me wanna Show! Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and Show! Throw your head back and Show! Come on now. The Bills are making it happen now. Uh, Russell Wilson kind of had a rough day. He put up some points and yards late, but that Seahawks defense still can't get stops. Even with Jamal Adams back yelling at Pete Carroll on the sidelines, Bills with a huge win 44 34. The New York football Giants win another thriller. They either lose – I mean, every one of their games comes down to the last minute. They win 23-20 over the Washington football team. Alex Smith had to come in to the game after Kyle Allen suffered a gruesome leg injury, which was kind of weird to see, you know, with with the history that Alex Smith had. But the Giants hold on to win 23-20. Houston. Holds on to a 27-25. The Jags and Jake Luton, or Luton, I call him Luton, but maybe it's Luton, sneaks in the back door, but they don't get the two-point conversion. Texans win 27-25. The Falcons didn't melt. They're winning some of these close games. They beat the Broncos 34-27. And, oh, boy, those poor Chargers lose another heartbreaker. I mean, the the bad luck that this team is going through, they – Thought they scored a touchdown on the final play, and then it turns out they review it and say he dropped it, and the Chargers lose another just brutal, brutal loss. Uh, that's your Week 9 NFL recap. Colin, any thoughts you want to hop in here with?
2: So I got my ass kicked back in the Colts, so no one wants to hear about that.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. We, what we do want to hear about is college football. And how else are we going to do that? Well, we'll let you guys take it away. With some voicemails. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you.
3: You have reached the voicemail box of the Action Network podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he
0: goes.
1: Let's check this week's messages.
3: Ben from Lexington here. Just had an all-star special at Waffle House Saturday morning. About to head out, bet on some horses at the Breeders' Cup, and still thinking about Ball State. That f***ing quarterback, Platt, splat, whatever, that f***ing interception is the worst pass I've ever seen thrown in my entire f***ing life. Holy sh!
0: By the way, I still have yet to eat at a Waffle House. I made my wife promise me that she's going to take me there like after a night of drinking very soon, but I still have not gone to
2: a Waffle House. You're missing out on, like, an American treasure. I mean, I I don't get how you haven't made it to a Waffle House. All right, moving on.
3: So I'm sitting here. It's Wednesday night. The entire country is on the brink of turmoil with the election. So I said, you know what? No politics for me tonight. I'm going to sit on the couch, pour a glass of wine, and watch a little bit of action. So I'm sitting there with my girl, and after Western Michigan scores their 50th point of the night, she finally looks at me and says, why are we still watching this game? Akron sucks. I said, well, I bet on Akron, and I was hoping that they'd make a little bit of a comeback. And she said, well, are they always this bad? And I said, yeah, last year they, they lost every game and they got blown out in most of them. And then she looked at me and she said, well, what made you think this year was going to be any different? And I said, you know what? That's a good question. So, Colin, what made you think this year was going to be any different? They're terrible. And please, I know next week the number is going to be inflated. Please don't put us through this on Tuesday. They're terrible. We tried it. We learned our lesson. But it's Akron. They suck. Stay off. Please.
0: Uh, yeah, I have uh... – Right here, in Akron 2020 undefeated season mask. It's lasted one day. Look, I, I've said it before. We'll get to the Akron and Bowling Green. I think those two teams are just unbettable. There's certain teams in college football that are so bad that you just can't, you can't model out where that bottom is. Like Historically, everyone knows these teams, the, You know the, the worst two or three teams are really bad. Everyone knows it. And still, if you bet on them, you're going to lose consistently. But no one wants to bet on them except us. Just you have to stay away from some of these teams.
2: Listen, the Akron, let's say I just I had a token, all right? I had, to, I had to use my token at some point to play Akron. I only played them once last year, and they covered. So I thought I'd take my shot when everybody in the world would think that they were dog shit, which they are dog shit, and they prove they're dog shit. I mean, they do everything from field position to special teams to to onside kicking is your first play of the season. They do everything possible to blow projections away and waste your money. I don't think I'm ever going to come back and tell you to bet Akron no matter what the number is. Now it's, we're going to get into the MAC games later. Like I make it 25 on Ohio. It's sitting at 25 here on Sunday night. It's never going to get any better, right? I'd be shocked if we saw money come in on Akron. But listen, Akron, I, I went through that. I lost that half unit on them. I'm not going to play them again. It would have to be something so outrageous. It'd have to be just a number that's two touchdowns off what I would project. Maybe we'll get a whole bunch of steam on a Tuesday, Wednesday night that gets me into that, but I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. By the way, UMass covered. All
0: right, barely. Lost 51-10. All right, moving on.
3: Oh, my God. This
0: fucking Mississippi State team.
3: I, you know, up 17-0 at half. I don't know what, you know, Mike Leach probably went at halftime and gave him some dumb speech about what side do you like to Thanksgiving again. But to let this Vanderbilt team just come back and f- it, Oh, my God.
0: My God, uh Yeah, that was actually going to be a bet regret of mine. Mississippi State. We talked about on... The pot, how I wanted to lay it with them, and I didn't. And then they were up, what, 20 nothing at the half? And then 24-17, Leach is just burning money in Starkville since that first week if you're trying to back them.
2: Yeah, no KJ Costello. Uh, They somehow made a Vanderbilt team look like it has life. Uh, They made them look decent enough to where you maybe want to buy Vanderbilt again, but I'm not going to be fooled. This Mississippi State team is getting worse and worse by the week. What's boys? Coastal Carolina, Sean Clare as I call them, the Triple C dynasty. The
3: Triple C dynasty rolls on, baby. They're going to destroy Liberty. If they win out New Year's Six, New Year's Six, am I hearing that? Am I hearing rumbles of a New Year's Six? The Triple C dynasty rolls on.
0: The chance. They don't get the cover, but they win. I think they win 23-6. The defense is really what's been impressive. I mean, I love the offense, but I didn't expect the defense to be this good. And they're not playing great competition. We'll get to Liberty. We have a caller coming there. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. You have BYU on Friday night just steamrolling Boise on their third-string quarterback. And I think BYU was out to say, look, we're putting up style points here. But they don't have the best schedule either. Since he won by 28 over Houston, they remain undefeated. I think – I know, but they're actually playing more of a tougher schedule. That defense is just on another level. Which of these teams, you know, Liberty, what a ridiculous win. It went from a Valtek win because of a block field goal to a timeout to Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Hits a 51-yard field goal. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. To win a 17-point dogs against Valtek. What a game. Which of these teams, one, do you think any have a shot at getting to the college World playoff in a chaotic world? And two, just... Which one would you want to see? Just like if it was Collins World and you could do whatever you wanted and put one of these teams in, what are your thoughts there?
2: Well, I believe I saw Cincinnati put out at 30 to 1 to win the national title, which is like mind blowing. A G5 is up that high. To me, it's Cincinnati. It's not just because of the defense and how great the defense is, we've been preaching that for years. Uh, but we've been preaching only for weeks about how great Desmond Ritter is. Let me pull it back to the caller about Coastal Carolina. As much as I love this Coastal team, as much as I want to back this Coastal team, we're going into a sleepy spot this weekend, and then we have a major showdown with App State. And let me just say something about App State and Liberty. Nobody has exposed Coastal Carolina for their biggest weakness on defense, which is their rush defense. They're 100th in uh, rush explosiveness on defense. They're 51st on rush, uh, you know, rushing success rate on defense and their tackling is only 84th. It's just that nobody in the Sun Belt on this schedule, even Kansas, nobody's done that to Coastal yet. App State has the rushing offense to expose that. Liberty with that zone read, uh, they're top 15 in rushing success rate. They can expose Coastal. So as much as I love this Coastal thing, maybe one more week, but I'm going to be getting out of this chance thing here uh, pretty fast in the next 10 days.
0: Hugh freeze, baby.
3: Hey, guys. This is uh, Tyler from uh, Corpus Christi. I'm sick and tired of it, Colin. These cheeky picks, all right? I wasn't going to take Michigan State. It's a letdown game. Rocky Lombardi, pick six, three picks in the first half? You can't have a badass name like Rocky Lombardi
2: and play this bad.
3: Change his name. First and last name. You f***ing kidding me, Colin?
2: I didn't want to take it. Like, listen, I had the number like at four and when it was above seven, I took it at seven and a half and the damn thing closed, what five, five and a half. So the read on the market was correct, but not coming back because it was a really bad spot for Michigan state and not coming back and playing it. You know, CLV doesn't mean shit. I'm not going to sit here and ever complain about CLV. If you're going to bitch about CLV and you have a nervousness about a team, you should come back and play it the other way, which I do sometimes too. I mean, it's just a sound financial investment to come back and cover up your bed if you have a window I didn't do that, and I got stuck with a big loss for Michigan State. But, I mean, the ability to read the market, it's still there. The ability to, you know, not identify the spot and, and, and have take lock, and, and that that cost me this week with the Spartans.
0: He's right, though. Rocky Lombardi is such a cool name. <laughs> yeah,
3: Anytime from now on that it comes across my phone and I get a notification that says, Colin Wilson, just bet this under, I am automatically booking the over. And if there's multiple unders, I'm reverse parlaying those picks. This Virginia Tech Liberty under finishes at 73 after Colin, You go on that huge rant every time you turn on the TV and listen to these guys talk. I turned on the college game day TV and listened to these guys talk about how it was going to be a f-ing point fest. And I faded that just to have this f-ing under. F-ing. That's it. I'm f-ing booking Tennessee minus one.
0: Well, that was a double double doing because then Arkansas won.
3: Colin stuck. I'm from Long Island. I am just at a loss for words with this. Virginia Tech, Liberty under 68 and a half. Not only did they need 27 points for the over to cash going into the fourth quarter, but Tech lets Liberty score instead of letting them knee the ball at the one yard line so they could kick a game-winning field goal and make Tech burn their time. last time out. So Tech gets the ball back, driving down the field. Blackshear runs the ball. Oh, he grabbed number six on Liberty, face mask, and oh what? Blackshear's number six too. They called the face mask on the wrong guy. How do these officials have f***ing jobs when they can't see? So, uh, obviously, when they call it the other side, I knew it was coming. They kiss of that and Tech scored the touchdown to tie the game. Unreal. I am never betting it under again, Ever.
2: Uh, Colin, thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, listen, guys, I, that was a gut punch. That Virginia Tech, took taking that under, I thought was easy, uh, especially early in the week. And, and you get these people on, your, on TV, like the caller before that said, this is going to be a point fest. It's going to be a point fest. Let me tell you what Colin's looking at, okay? Virginia Tech is 90th in pace. Liberty is 101st in pace. They're slow. Virginia Tech runs the ball 66% of the time. The national average is 54. Liberty runs the ball 62% of the time. Neither of these teams are explosive. It had everything to be an under. And as the caller said, it took, you know, with 27 points to go in the fourth quarter, it still went over. And and what I want to make a point to about overs this year is like it's like I, I can't even imagine how many units I'd be up if it wasn't for all the goddamn unders that I've lost this year. But the other night, what was it Friday night, Boise BYU. Boise BYU, I take an over 58 and a half, it steams to 63, and I think we're stumped. We're Hack, Hank Bachmeyer not going to play? No problem. Jack Sears threw 85% the week before. No problem. He's hurt. What, second, third drive? And this Cade Finnegan guy comes in. Looks like he hasn't even shaved yet. Somebody need to check his ID. Three points going into the fourth quarter, and Boise and BYU hit the over for every single ticket. For 58 and a half, 62, 63, everybody cashes an over. After that team went into the fourth quarter with like three points. The overs are cashing at an insane rate. I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, I see snails playing snails. They're not explosive, and they all tackle well, and these overs are still hitting. So maybe I should just throw my hands up and be somebody dull that doesn't dive into the numbers on teams. And, man, I just feel like there's just going to be a lot of points here. It's just so easy for these games to go over. It's pissing me off. You'll
0: be fine. It's just a little variance streak. Uh, You know what under did hit, baby? Western Kentucky FAU, maybe one of the most satisfying games I've ever bet. It was 0-0 at the half and 3-3 going into the four. Like, I over under the 40. Like, it was so satisfying to
2: not have to sweat that. And then I'm like, wait,
0: do have to worry about four overtimes? Luckily, have, you, have you got your bet in for
2: next week? Western Kentucky Southern Miss, who's on their 18th uh, interim coach? I and know. In there.
0: <laughs> All right, moving on. You know, I
3: understand that. We're not going to hit an 100% rate. We're not going to hit an 80% rate, 70 probably not even 60% rate. But it's what really pisses me off is when I cheat all my time at work and I off at work and make up lies to my boss that I'm doing this work and doing this shit. but really I'm listening to the Action Network podcast, taking notes, searching lines on sports insights. And then what do I do? I take South Carolina plus 10. It was on the pod. It came across a notification. I believe it was you, Colin. And then they get blown the (laughs) f*** out. That is what I get pissed about. These close beats I can take. But mother (laughs) f***. Plus 10 and a half, they're down 35. Jesus.
0: Colin, you're getting all the brunt of the the callers this week. It was me last week. Sorry.
2: South Carolina was a terrible, terrible play by me ignoring the fact that Kellen Mond and Texas A&M are ranked fourth in the country now in passing success rate. I, I, I don't even know what's going on with Texas A&M. This is not like the Texas A&M team that played Florida. The last couple of weeks they've turned into something else. So the Kellen Mond from Clemson a couple of years ago, he's back.
3: Another weekend following the Action Network and losing money. Oregon up 27-7 to 7 when we were told Stanford is a f-ing lot. He can
0: f- right off. You guys, you. You're calling about Stanford. That I mean, I had Stanford. They lost 35-14. I mean, that's not the game you call to talk shit on. Before the game, their quarterback and their best receiver were ruled out with COVID. So, like, I tweeted out at the time, let's hope we get lucky as hell, because that's what we're going to need. That's going to happen in 2020.
3: you, Stucky. Woke up saw the or the FSU picks and the Pitt FSU under and thought, you know what? I got faith in Stucky. He did his research. He stayed up all night studying this. Nope. F-ing bust. Down two units on that game. Thank you, Stucky. F-ing you. And hey, but we got lucky
0: on Arkansas State. With Pitt Florida, I took a risk there. I was convinced, maybe 90, 95% sure, based on everything that I read, all the Narduzzi quotes, that they weren't going to start Kenny Pickett. I actually wrote an article about this game saying how horrendous Joey Yellen has been and the difference between Pickett and him is insane. So Pickett started. I immediately tweeted out, this sucks. But uh, overall, just yeah, terrible play. They put up 41, and uh, Florida State just is awful. Another under I had.
3: Any under from the goddamn Action Network, all right? Sitting here watching this Clemson game as Florence, with covid He keeps pulling his mask down to talk to people. And the whole entire staff was on Clemson, Notre Dame, under 24 and a half the first half. (laughs) Boss! Again, anytime the Action Network sends out an under, I am automatically betting the over. Tommy from Boston Mass. The Irish (laughs) f***ing did it. You both were on board and we f***ing got it done. But I just got to say we haven't had grass since 2013. We were playing on turf and calling Jafar Armstrong. I don't think touched the ball a single time, but we got it done. Let's go, Irish.
0: Yeah, that was a thrilling game. I had Notre Dame Moneyline. Well, our Moneyline, uh, Underdog parlay hit. Georgia Southern with you, yeah. Notre Dame with me. Uh, I was tweeting a couple people after my, the podcast. I was like, oh, shit. I was listening to the Brady Quinn and Matt Liner interview, and I got all wrapped up in it and completely forgot that there's no grass at Notre Dame anymore, which was funny. But, yeah, Notre Dame wins just absolutely thrilling game that I was glued to the TV for. And here's where it could have college football qualifications. implications. Notre Dame had to win that game. But if Clemson just wins out and beats Notre Dame again, and the committee says Trevor Lawrence well, didn't play the first game, it was in overtime at Notre Dame, they win the ACC. We're going to see Clemson right back in the college football playoff along with presumably Ohio State, Alabama, if they both win out, right? And then the question is the fourth, which could be Notre
2: Dame, right? Well, I mean, how good is how good is Cincinnati playing, right? How good is, is the Pac-12 bringing an undefeated team? Lots of questions out there. But, yeah, I think the ACC is definitely the power five that's going to be bringing two teams to the table, going to be knocking on that fourth seed door.
3: This is all this comedy. Are you f***ing telling me? That Dabla Swinney can get into a red space and that they take away the f***ing call? Holy s***. that. First of all, not even talking about the Houston bet and the Illinois bet, we got to talk about Kansas and their unders. What a joke. When are we going to be done with Kansas and their unders? They gave up 62 points. The total was 63. Unbelievable. Almost 600 yards total offense. I am done with Kansas Unders. I think you should be, too. That's it. I don't even have money on this Texas Tech-TCU game, and I feel bad for anybody that does. The last five minutes of this, I I just – the amount of chromosomes lost from watching these coaching decisions is unreal. TCU going for it on fourth and two, up nine. in field goal range decides to go for it and not kick a 35-yard field goal. Doesn't get it. Then Texas Tech marches down the field – tries kicking a field goal from 40 yards on second and four and misses it down nine. I mean, between that and Virginia Tech, I may have to call in sick on Monday
0: because I, I've lost too many brain cells.
2: We should, have a, uh, we should have a new hotline created just for unders.
0: Yeah, you took enough abuse with uh, the unders. Um, I had the pit under, but I went two and actually went two and one at unders. That's two and two. Man, thought I had a winning day. I had the first step under Notre Dame. I had the under in Texas, West Virginia. Oklahoma puts up 62 on Kansas. I regret not laying it. Uh, they went 62 to nine. Oklahoma State barely escapes out of Kansas state 20 to 18. I know you had some of that money line there. October is over, so Iowa State didn't cover. Uh, Texas holds on but doesn't cover against West Virginia, but I think the one well, there's two results. we, we look at the big 10, I mean, in Michigan, yikes Yes. Yeah. Beat 38-21. And Penn State has 27 cute steam in both of those games. Has 27-point favorites. It was 35-19 to Maryland. Penn State's now 0-3, cooked. Any thoughts on uh, Bodog Jim?
1: Don't gamble. Don't associate with gamblers. Avoid it like the the plague.
2: Let's check in with Bodog Jim. Is he still around next week? And, and or Penn State? I don't know how Bodog Jim has a job uh, in the next couple weeks, especially if he keeps taking more losses. And I don't know how Penn State is is bettable. What what are they playing for? I think really this is really the week to step off and say is you know maybe you could put in a bet against Penn State. But how how do you play on this team when they when you start zero and three? Your Ohio State games already in the in the rearview mirror. There's no chance of any kind of conference championship. Who the hell knows how bowl selection's gonna go? And you probably gotta win out to what? Get I mean, you gotta finish up what six and one to, to end up even eligible for a bowl? Uh, Penn State's cooked. I don't know if I would bet I mean, how do you lose that game to Maryland? Hey, like sixteen too. You put up that kind of performance, like you at least if it wasn't for some stupid clock management and two point conversions by James Franklin, they cover Ohio State and then you turn around and lose to Maryland, like, the season's done. Same thing for Michigan. Anybody with a passing attack is going to run Michigan up a flagpole. Who, 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 Jersey?
0: Yeah, and then the other game I really wanted to talk about, it was probably my best call of the weekend, Georgia. Got Georgia on my mind. Trask went bonkers. Now, there is a team that can go to the comfortable playoff if they win out and then they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. And then if you want chaos, it's like Florida wins out with one loss and Bama would have one loss. And then if Clemson wins out, they have one loss and they split with Notre Dame. Then maybe you have Cincy, and we'll see what happens with Ohio State. But we could get a lot of chaotic uh, situations. Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts. I mean, they go down fourteen nothing, and I'm saying, oh no, Stetson Bennett just isn't isn't the solution uh, for Georgia's offense. And Kyle Pitts didn't even play the whole game, but he's a star. He got hurt. Thoughts?
2: I'm not going to hit anybody with any advanced stats about this game. I'm going to hit somebody. I'm going to hit everybody with a very easy stat. My write up on Georgia was about tackling and third-down conversions, and the fact that Florida's defense was unable to get anybody off the field, and they ranked 92nd in the country in third-down conversions. Now, whether you want to blame it on Stetson Bennett, on Mathis, or if you just want to say that Florida's defense finally stepped up, Georgia went 2 of 13 on third downs. They looked pathetic. And, uh, you know, Florida, Alabama is going to what, – what's that total going to be set at, 91? Uh, I, these high-profile prof- high matchups throw defense out the door. Just throw defense out the door. It's all about explosive offense.
0: You'll be on the under. Chomp, chomp. All right, before we move on to weekday football, here's a word from our sponsors at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast.
1: The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ActionPod and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show.
0: All right, let's move on to week 11 and talk some action. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's midweek madness. We'll have write-ups for all these games on ActionNetwork.com, the Action Network app, so make sure you check them out. Three Tuesday night games. Kent State is an 18-and-a-half-point favorite at Bowling Green. Ohio is a 25-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Akron. Uh, i say you, you can't bet Bowling Green, and you can't bet Akron this year. Just don't um, until a number is so outrageous that we have to do it. Uh, I don't think either of, of these numbers are there. Those are probably two stay-away games for me. Uh, then we have also on Tuesday night, Miami Ohio, plus 12 – at Buffalo, over under 57. I was hoping to get this thing under 10 to back Buffalo, who I think Buffalo is clearly the most talented team in the conference. Those are the three MAC games on Tuesday night. Any feel there?
2: Yeah, I mean, as we're sitting here podcasting about it, I think I'm about to take an under here. So let me talk – let me back up on Akron, Ohio. Ohio had two offensive turnovers, uh, and they were over one in their first uh, – and field goals their first week of play, which really cost them the game. Uh, and they only got to the red zone just once. Uh, Curtis Rourke, who we're calling kid work, uh, he had six passes over 20 yards. So they moved the ball a ton, uh, but they got to the red zone just once. They had a lowly 23% two plus first down percentage. So what that tells me is, is that the bobs can have sustainable drives, but they're highly explosive. You know, right now, early in the numbers, the offense is top 25 in rushing explosiveness uh, and they run the ball 62% of the time. So how does that apply to this game? Cause we know Akron is going to have backwards punts and onside kicks, kicks and all this other shit. I think Ohio is going to do all the scoring, but it's going to be by explosive plays. And that doesn't really mean to me, I mean, it's going to come in a flurry, but that doesn't mean to me that are they going to be able to score 58 points, which is what the number opened at. Can they cover the 25? Absolutely. I make the game 25. I think think it sits well there. You know, it's probably going to middle around the dead zone and get some steam on Ohio. But I really think the play is the under, and probably by the end of the night on Sunday, hopefully it's available to you while you're listening Monday morning. Uh, I'm going to hit an under tonight, and I would play it. I mean, I've got it in the 40s, but that 40s, is a projection of what Akron did on offense last week. And really, I trust my totals when a team gets three games into the season. So I can't say really that I f- project this in the 40s until we get another couple of games. But I think 57 and a half, which is what I'm looking at, a little bit too high.
0: Colin, early in the podcast, I'm done with unders. <laughs> Later in the podcast, Tuesday night under, baby.
2: Sorry. Any easy. other thoughts? You know, I was looking at Kenton Bowling Green and and quarterback Matt McDonald struggled versus Toledo. He's just eight for three. He 30. looked awful. Yeah, two interceptions. He went three of 14 in third downs, and, uh, you know, they had success in running plays. They were 53% success rate in running plays but three turnovers and two of seven in punt efficiency. It's just – it's impossible to take this bowling green team. Like, they're just, just like acting. They make it impossible to place a bet on these guys. And Kent can't, can't really shot themselves in the foot with penalties. They were minus 91 in hidden yards, uh, but they were 65% success rate in standard downs. They set themselves up really well for third downs because they gained the proper yardage first and second down and they were 67% in passing plays. Um, you know, there's just a, a huge finishing drives discrepancy here between Kent and Bowling Green, which ultimately I think is going to lead to Kent covering this number at 18, but I projected at 15. Um, you know, so it's, it's listed at 18 as I'm staring at in case there's steam between now and the morning. Uh, I would definitely leave Kent here, but it may be more of a first-half play uh, than a full game. We'll have to see. Right now it, it's a no play. As for Miami of Ohio-Buffalo, Listen, I know Buffalo won by 19, but how much did Northern Illinois give that game away? You know, I'll start over on Miami of Ohio. Miami Ohio posted a lower success rate in every category than Ball State. Uh, They had 49% of 39 rushing attempts stuffed. Half of Miami of Ohio's rushing attempts were stuffed against Ball State. The Red Hawks only had one explosive drive and 12 possessions. The difference came in finishing drives where the Redhawks scored an average of 4.7 to Ball State's three. That really was the difference in the game and why everybody's cussing out Ball State. Buffalo, just two points, two points per scoring attempt every time they got past the 40. Uh, they benefit from five Northern Illinois turnovers. Buffalo in that game, one by 19, had three non-offensive touchdowns at a 19-point win. So this is a team that I, I don't believe in. Uh, probably going to be on Miami in this game. This is a game I actually project below a TD. Uh, I've already taken it. Uh, I placed a bet on opener here at uh, 12 and a half. Came down to nine and a half. I believe it's zoomed back up to 12. It's going to do some dancing around, but I definitely prefer dancing with the Redhawks on Tuesday night. All right, moving on to
0: Wednesday night. We have three more Mac games. Bless you, Mac. Ball State, speaking of the Cardinals, they are a 10.5 point favorite at BetMGM over under 58.5 at home against Eastern Michigan. You have Northern Illinois plus six and a half at home against Central Michigan over under 60.5 at BetMGM. And then Toledo, I think open plus two is now minus one at MGM, over under 59 and a half at Western Michigan. Uh, by the way, keep on who gets start Iowa, the start for Miami, Ohio, at quarterback. They got hurt last game. Meyer came in. He actually looked a little better. Don't know. That's, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Wednesday night, though, Eastern Michigan ball. I really want to go back to Ball State. Um, and I'm just still so devastated they let us down. Uh, Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, Toledo, Western Michigan. Thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to be on Ball State, too. I mean, Drew Play went for 300-plus with a TD and INT. He was 9-15 in third downs. That's definitely stuff you can bank on. They just, you know, they were terrible in, in scoring opportunities past the 40. They only averaged three points per trip. Uh, Ball State doubled the national average in explosive drive percentage. Uh, <laughs> still lost the game. That's kind of hard to do. Cardinals were most dangerous in running plays and standard downs with a 65% success rate. There's a big difference in havoc here. Uh, Ball State's fourth. Uh, in the nation, in defensive havoc, uh, they had 10 tackles for loss and five pass breakups. Let's let's focus on the 10 tackles for loss that Ball State had on defense. Eastern Michigan's offense is now one of the worst in havoc allowed. They allowed 10 tackles for loss off of the offensive line, and Eastern Michigan also covered that game. They benefit from nine Kent State penalties for 78 yards. I think you know Eastern Michigan benefit from Kent State kind of shooting themselves in the foot, which is how they got that cover. You know, just barely. I think Ball State, we like them as much as we did a week ago when you and I podcasted at this time and wrote about them. So, I'm going yeah, to They dominated the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with Ball State this week. I'm, I'm probably going to lay it right now. It's ending out on the action app.
0: Anything else? The others?
2: So, Central Michigan and Northern Illinois, this is a game. I also project Northern Illinois at, at plus 10. So, I think it's a little low right now if you want to back them. So, Central Michigan would be the look. Uh, but I have to give it to Northern Illinois. I really kind of tore them up for – Uh, not thinking the program was going anywhere, but they had 400 total yards of offense. Now, tough fumble, right? They had four fumbles and lost all four. Like I said, they had five total turnovers. They did some damage against the Buffalo D. They had seven passes that were 15 yards or more, and they had a two-plus first down rate of 53% when the national average is 41%. Berlin, Illinois is moving the ball, absolutely moving the ball, and I I don't want to fade these guys, and I think what I'll do is is wait for some – Central Michigan steam on this. If I can get it around the projection that I have at 10, Uh, if I get it up around there, I think I'll back Northern Illinois once, you know, Wednesday comes around and Toledo Western Michigan, this should be an absolute fantastic game. Uh, Toledo achieved 56% of available yards. That's like Alabama rate against, against Bowling Green. Uh, The national average is, you know, 44%. Uh, Eli Peters went 20 of 32 with four TDs and no INTs and Toledo on defense graded 15th in tackling, you know, it's early in the season, but, that is why I would back Toledo here and not Western Michigan. Uh, you know, these teams are super slow. They rank 97th and 120th in seconds per play. So I know everybody wants to take the over. These are explosive offenses, but they're very slow. I'm probably going to stick around and kind of hang out and let's see what kind of Toledo number I can get.
0: Fair enough. Um, we'll have write-ups on all of the MAC games for Tuesday and Wednesday night. And make sure you check out the Action app for any plays that Colin and I put in, especially Colin's unders. All right, there are there is another game on Thursday night. Boise State. I mean, what the, what's the quarterback situation there? I mean, that's the first thing you know. They're laying thirteen at home against Colorado State, who looked much better last game because they started Patrick O'Brien. Thank you, Dazio. Uh Boise State this is on FS one eight Eastern thoughts.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I think maybe we should take the over, although I projected a lot lower than sixty, right? I projected around fifty one, but you know, the, the quarterback situation is important for Boise because when Hank Bachmeyer went out, Jack Sears did just fine. But if we don't have either of them, then we got to see what Cade Finnegan is going to be from game one to game two. We're not sure what the improvement's going to be. If this was Boise with quality play from underneath the quarterback, you know, position, they're a top 35 team in pass explosiveness and they're fourth in offensive finishing drives. Uh, the, the defense continues to be atrocious. I had no fear of BYU scoring their points. Because Boise's defense is allowing tons of explosive plays. And Colorado State is 15th in the nation in pass explosiveness. And, you know, like I said, Boise's outside the top 100 defensively in that category. And I think one thing that people are not paying attention to is we knew that Steve Adazio wanted to go fast over BC. Currently right now through their current games, Colorado State is 10th in seconds per play. So I expect a very up-tempo game. Uh, But Really, it's the quarterback situation. You want to make sure you're getting Hank Bachmeyer, Jack Sears if you want to take the over here. Uh, this is a game I projected 17. So right now I would say that there's value on Boise, but it's priced like Cade Finnegan's going to be the quarterback. So really both the total and the side come down to him.
0: Yep. We'll have a write-up for this uh, on ActionNetwork.com and for all the games. And you never know, it's four days away, so we could have COVID news as well. Right. So before we get out of here, we do have one other piece of business to attend to, and that is Monday Night Football. We have the two and five New England Patriots, nine and a half point favorites at the Jets, who are zero and eight. Over under forty and a half at BetMGM. This is one of those games for me. Easy to say, pass. Go look. I'll be I'll be getting to work on next week's college card. Next week's NFL card finish. You've Got Mac stuff. Maybe I'll do something with my wife. Watch some Jeopardy. RIP Alex Trebek. Watch some Jeopardy re- uh, DVR episodes that we have to catch up on. But I make this – well, is going to start, it looks like, for Darnold. The Patriots have a number of in, a number of injuries, too. Gilmore, I think, is going to be out as well. That offense is just broken. I project it right around 40-41, and with the downgrade, a couple points downgrade between Darnold and Flacco, I make this around 10. I have no interest in this game. The one thing I will say is if it gets to 10, 10.5, and you made me bet it, I would probably bet the Jets just because this – 10 point double digit home dog in division, always going to tempt me. And it's actually not a bad matchup for the Jets defensively because where they you know and they've traded a number of players too, so like the, you have to adjust for that as well. But their run defense, that's the one strength of the defense. Is they're they're pretty stout front. That's all the Patriots really can do. They can't throw the ball, they have no receivers. I don't know if Cam Newton's hurt. So if you made me bet it and this thing was at
2: 10, I'd take the Jets. But as
0: of now, this is a hard pass for me. You see anything here?
2: I mean, the Jets have covered one game in their past eight. That's it. So That's I not That's
0: me. I'm one and zero betting the Jets,
2: baby. <laughs> <lady. laughs> this is our Akron. Uh, I don't know how you lay money on the Jets, no matter the number all the way. I know. I'm, for me, I think I'd have to get it up to thirteen before I'd even give it give it consideration. You know, this is a complete pass for me. And uh, you know, you and I, we got uh, some college hoops starting up here. I got my Razorback schedule here in front of me about some college hoops going on. So I think it's time for me to start. Scraping some Ken Palm numbers together, uh, getting a sheet going for that, and uh, getting ready for our hoops coming up here in a few weeks.
1: I wanted to be the one to pass
0: along this information. We'll win. We'll get it done. Uh, to see, like, I'm having a nice night, getting ready to finish the podcast, go watch this under, hopefully, cash, and you got to bring up college hoops because uh, I'm excited, but i got uh, so much work. That, you're right. i got to go get the work on that. Uh, and, by the way, we'll have podcasts on college basketball after the college football season ends maybe a preview episode we'll see but i'm excited for college basketball but yeah lots of work to do on that front so yeah i think it's an easy pass go on a date with your girl uh get some rest catch up on a show
2: and you watching any interesting shows lately this queen's Gambit. you watch that i've I've heard a lot of good i saw 1700 tweets on this queen's gambit it's uh it's out of control i guess i'm gonna have to I guess I'm going to have to uh, uh, get into that. My fiance's 14 year old, who's soon to be my 14 year old, she's running through her first season of Game of Thrones. So uh, that's that's uh, my TV that's show to watch right now. It is exciting to see their face. Like she has no clue how Joffrey's going. to... I'm sorry, spoiler alert out there. She has no clue how Joffrey's going to die. So I'm, and it's just every episode is about Joffrey and that little prick ass and when he's going to die. So I, I, it's exciting to see somebody's face when they go through a show where you know how it's going to end. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for us.
0: Thanks everyone for listening. Remember, reviews, leave reviews. I'm going to pick a good one. I'm going to pick just a straight good one, five star review, and then a funnier one. You can make fun of Colin and Unders or me for whatever. And then we'll we'll pick winners from leaving the podcast reviews on Thursday. We'll send you some stuff. But that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening. As always, time for us to get to work on the week 11 college football card. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy. You know the deal. We'll catch you on Friday morning with the Week 11 College Football Betting Preview. We'll catch you all later. Cheers. Peace
2: out.
3: We're finished talking.